Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Hi, everybody. Today, I am joined by lowly head writer and host of the hilarious horror movie podcast, Ruined, Hallie Kiefer. Oh, hello. Hallie and I are so excited to share an episode of Ruin right here for lowly listeners. It's one of our favorites about the cult classic. It's the Babadook. Have you seen the Babadook? Of course I've seen the Babadook. And what are your thoughts about his later in life um, their emergence? Their late in life. Sorry, their late in life emergence as a queer icon. <sighs> sure, why not? And I do think why that not? speaks to some queerness where it's like you see queerness and everything, even if it's some very weird guy in a top hat terrorizing a family. Well, it's funny, too, because, like, it's not like the Babadook is subtle in what it's trying to <laughs> mm-hmm. talk about. Yeah, it's not like you could be like, oh, maybe it's queer. It, this is about grief. It's about grief. Yes, yeah. I think it's just the top hat. I think it's the top hat and the coat and the gloves. Yes. And that was it. enough. So, you know that um, there's a viral post of someone... I was going to ask you about this, yes. So there's a viral post about someone dressed as Babadook, and it mm-hmm. says, uh, went to a Halloween party, uh, thought it was a costume party, turns out it was just an adult drinking wine party, and mm-hmm. she's in a full Babadook getup. It's incredible. That's my friend Katie. I love that. I love your friend. Please Google it if you haven't seen this. It's incredible. Um, and I think that that is also what being queer is, is, is showing up and being like, oh, I'm the Babadook. Oh, it turns out I'm a Babadook. <laughs> I didn't realize I wasn't supposed to be the Babadook today. Uh, I- I'm sorry. I- I'm just the Babadook. Um, so take a listen if, if you yourself are the Babadook or are interested in horror movies in general, and make sure to subscribe to Ruined wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to Ruined. Babadook. Babadook. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help raise your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's Ruined. Hi, guys. I'm Hallie Kiefer. <laughs> I'm Allison Livey. And this is the 18th time we've started this podcast. Because <laughs> we can't say our names. Welcome to Ruin, a podcast where we ruin a horror movie for you. Yeah, that way you don't have to go to the Wikipedia page like I always do. Yeah, because she's scared. I'm, ter- I'm scared. I am scared. <laughs> Movies aren't real, Allison. <laughs> or the- are they? Okay, well, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> oh, no. Well, then we'll make a horror movie about it and then review it. It'll be very meta. Oh, but you won't have either of us to do it. And it's going to be some lesser but hotter version of us in the movie. The way it should be. As Yes, as always. So this week we are doing one of my personal faves. Oh. Babadook. Oh, I hate it. From 2014, directed and written by Jennifer Kent. So everyone in it has a delightful... Oh, oh my God. I was going to do an Australian accent. Did you hear how bad that was the second it came out of my mouth? I truly... The The Babadook. The United Jackson. Yeah, I can't do like a British, uh, Irish, Scottish, Australian. Like none of those are in my... I mean, I only have like... Jewier than who I like. I, I like how you have, you're like, I have a list of accents I can't do, so don't ask me. <laughs> don't ask me to do an Australian like a reverse resume I of things can't. you can't do. Yeah, That's it's so funny. crazy. I don't do more acting work. Um, so we had Allison watch the Babadook trailer, and what is your, what's your reaction? That is 
undeniably the scariest trailer mm-hmm. I have ever seen. Hell yeah. Was it on, did it air, like, did it air in ads? Yes, because like, I, mean, I remember being very amped for this. But did you see John Mulaney's, um, John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch? I have not watched it yet. Well, there's sort of a runner where they talk to kids about their fears, and all of their fears are from, not simply horror movies, but seeing the trailers. There's a little girl who's like, oh, I saw a trailer for us. She's watching some YouTube video that was appropriate for kids, but the ad I think was that it us. should be illegal to advertise horror movies. I know that that really puts the market in a very precarious place, but like— It's a really interesting question. But like, there is a terrifying—I forget. It's like for some like bad horror movie that's like outside of uh, subculture where I host my show every Sunday night when it's dark out, and there's mm. a giant billboard next to the door of like— a child with like claws gripping its head for like some. I, the, I have no idea what the movie Ooh, is. But now it's I want to know. Super scary, and I'm like, well, now I'm seeing that at night. And then I do think the world is not built for the um the delicate and the easily frightened, the fainting it is goats of the world. I am a fainting goat, but I, I'm sympathetic because like there's it's like why would I, why do I have to see this? And right. a lot of things are spooky. A lot of stuff is scary. This is speaking of this perhaps, film the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. So we're going to take I a- can't imagine. Like, sometimes when I see the trailer and then we talk about it, I'm like, I think I could, like, watch that movie. Yeah. I don't think there is a world mm-hmm. where I will watch one second there of this There isn't, film. and you shouldn't. You'll be too scared. <laughs> so scary. But I will say, we're, we like to take a baseline scary of sort of sort of the overall scariness of the film, sort of the theme. And Allison, how scared do you find the idea of being a mother? Oh, I mean, terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, my wife and I have been talking about sort of like if we want to have a child. Mm-hmm. And I do, even the idea of it brings up so much of my fears, a lot of which are in this movie, which is when you're a parent, particularly a mother, unfortunately, um, a lot of a lot relies on you not totally losing your goddamn mind. Yeah. And unfortunately, it seems like that happens a lot. It does. So I think this movie is a lot about like, what if you have you're taking care of a, a being that is so totally vulnerable to you, and if things start to go wrong for you, well, that kid's that, you know he doesn't have much he can't go anywhere. You yeah, know? and also like being a parent, I imagine is about like wanting to control as much of the environment yes, and experiences as possible. And like we know, like not just from these movies, but also like the world that you can't do that, and yes. it would like drive me insane. Well, get ready to be driven insane by the Babadook. Oh, I hate <laughs> him. So I oh my god. So we begin. And I imagine the movie is actually much, much scarier than the trailer. I mean, the trailer is a very good snapshot of it. It's, it's, I'm someone who does not scare easily, I would say, watching films at least. Mm-hmm. Oh, I watched it again. I was spooked. <laughs> Ooh, I was in a dark room. It was very spooky. Ooh. So the film begins. We see Amelia, uh, sort of our protagonist, kind of coming out of a dream where she's in a car accident. Okay. And she looks over and she sees in the her. Dream. In the dream. Okay. But she looks over and sees her husband, Oscar, and we we soon find out that he did die in a, in a car accident while they were driving to the hospital for Amelia to give birth to her their son, Sam. So he died on the day his son was born, which Oof. you're already setting up everyone's for a lot of sadness, okay? Start. And um, so she sort of—it's a lot about, like, having problems sleeping and in and out of a dream state. You don't know it's a dream, and she's exhausted and— Sam is her son, who's the biggest-eyed little bug of a boy. Yeah. He's so cute, but he's a, a problem child. And obviously, watching it, you're like, oh, she never dealt with her grief. He never—he's right. terrified. His whole thing is, like, he keeps building um, these little, like, gadgets. Like, he has a little ca- catapult uh, to protect her from monsters. And obviously, that is him. How can I protect my mother from dying knowing that my father right. died? Yeah, of course. That's and just, we like, have no control. passed on 
Exactly. So she's never dealt with her husband's death, which would be seven years ago. And obviously, she's transferring it to her son. Unfortunately, instead of going to get therapy, we're going to descend into madness. Of course. I mean, over the course of the film. If real, if therapy existed in most scary movies, exactly. there would be no. Yeah, the moral of this story is what? go to therapy. Yeah. Go immediately. <laughs> if you're like, if I should go, just go. Yeah. But that's hard because maybe her health insurance doesn't cover it. And then I, it's like, yeah, okay. Which is another whole. scary element of the, you know, system that we've built here. So. And so she works at a um, a hospice, and she's kind of like a hunky um, co-worker who seems to like her and is really nice named Robbie. And, mm. you know, she's exhausted because, you know, her son is just, he's really clingy and needy. And you can see the way in which, like, a kid with a lot of problems who is really clingy and needy. Would for, just drain you. Yeah. It's very reasonable. Like, of he course. is afraid. His dad is dead. It, clearly, she's not Mom's talking to him sad, about it. Yeah, sad mess and— and so his reactions are normal, but also you can see how, like, she feels like she's just trapped with this kid who she doesn't know what to do with him. He's constantly screaming and, and falling down and, like, building weird machines and, and keeps breaking into the basement where she keeps her the husband's stuff. Oh, God. And sort of throwing it around, but not in a bad way, just like he's a kid. He's he a kid. He's seven, yeah. It's like they can't—they're not in control. Right. And she's not handling it well, obviously, because she has not dealt with her own grief. So you right. know that up top, right? And so— um, she has her sisters, Claire, and her, Claire has a daughter, Ruby. And Claire and Ruby are like the the way that you a mother and a child should be. Like, yes, Ruby's like a little tiny princess, and Claire has like a husband and a great life, and really is a bad sister and a real bitch to her to Amelia during this movie. She does not offer any support, even though her sister is clearly struggling yeah. from the get. Before the Babadook even shows up, oh, her sister is struggling. She's just like being a bitch. She's like, she's like my life is amazing. Yeah, it's like your son basically like oh your son has all these problems. Like, well, like, offer some help. Exactly. Like, you know, there's clearly, she has a need. But again, I guess we're like, they're isolated. Even the people that she's close to can't really offer her. Right. Her sister's essentially like, you should get over your husband's death. And it's like, okay, oh, but like, that's, that's like not. Lovely advice from somebody whose life is perfect. Who has ever, who has ever been helped who's depressed would be like, get over it. It's like, oh, okay. Right. So, so yeah, so she gets called, Amelia gets called into Sam's school and he has built a crossbow that shoots darts. Cool. Which That's is great. very impressive, I mean, honestly, frankly. like, it's a good sign that he's so, I yeah. mean, he's going to be an engineer if and, he survives. And so they're like, we want to assign him a one-on-one monitor because he, we're concerned about him. And she's like, I'm going to pull him out of the school, which is, again, they are— That tr- feels like not the answer. Exactly. Like, I would like, let's get more adult eyes on this kid. So she pulls not him out of school. Feeling. So now he's just home right now, right? Because she's trying to look mm. for another school, but he's home. They're in this house that's just very big, and it's kind of falling apart a little bit. She does of a good course. job, but, like— you could see the, the seams are starting to split. Right. You know. And Is it a metaphor goes, for her mental state? Absolutely. The whole movie, spoiler alert, you knew that from the trailer. It's her mental, yeah. we've seen it from her perspective. So, like, when things start to go, you're like, It's Is an unreliable, okay. She's an unreliable so a, narrator okay, of her own great. life. So, you know, and also, I, I feel like, you know, it's like, as a potential mother— it is like, what if your kid is the problem child? What if he is constantly right. screaming? What if he can't sleep? What if he's like the weird kid? He doesn't yeah. have friends. You Even Ruby's cousin can't stand him, but she's a little bitch too. You know, like no mother one, like daughter. I'm exactly. She's, but she obviously is acting like her mother acts. So it's yes. like they, you sort of pass these things down to your kid without realizing it. So of course, oh, and the one nice person in the world is Mrs. Roach, who lives next door, and uh, she's very sweet to Sam sure. and. You know, she just like sort of like oh, like a mother figure to Amelia. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like the one bright spot, and so they go home um, one night, and Amelia's just totally exhausted. 
And, you know, Claire was like, I don't want to do a joint birthday party with Ruby and Sam because Ruby doesn't like Sam anymore and wants to do a princess party. Sam's building crossbows. (laughs) Right. And, like, there is something there where it's like, okay, the crossbow thing is not great. So then they go into bed and Sam says, oh, can you read me a book? And he goes to the bookcase and he pulls out a book. And it's a pop-up book called Mr. Babadook. And I'm going to read you. have that book? Well, why not say where'd this book come from? Yeah, that's actually a really, like, okay. Keep going. If it's in a word or it's in a look, you can't get rid of the Babadook. If you're a really clever one and you know what it is to see, then you can make friends with a special one, a friend of you and me. His name is Mr. Babadook, and this is his book. A rumbling sound, then three sharp knocks. Ba-ba-ba-duk, duk, duk. That's when you'll know he's around. You'll see him if you look. This is what he wears on top. He's funny, don't you think? See him in your room at night. And you won't sleep a wink. I'll soon take off my funny disguise. Take heed of what you've read. Once you see what's underneath, you're going to wish you were dead. Why? Obviously, Sam bursts into tears and is like hysterically fucked up by this. As a 36-year-old woman, it makes me want to start screaming. I would open the book, see the terrifying gray and and white pop-ups and say, nope, nope, won't be reading this book. To my seven-year-old child. No, who's, like, obviously, like, super traumatized right, and, and, like, carrying your problems. Grief. Exactly. So, Ugh. but she, so she, so but then she tries like, to, like. where is that book from? Unknown. Okay. Unknown. And she's looking at it, and, like, the pages are blank, so there's no copyright. There's no publisher. It's a handmade book. <laughs> Why would you read it? No. You should threaten. So, but she has sleep problems of her own, so Sam eventually falls asleep, and she's got, a, oh, like, a horrible tooth pain, so she's constantly, like, oh, rubbing her face, and it has this, like, irritating thing, and she's super lonely. Like, it's, of you know, course. she's watching a romantic movie, and we see her, at some point, she's in her car, and she's, like, watching a couple kiss, and she's, like, so desperately lonely, and just not, you know, and then so she goes upstairs, and she gets her vibrator. It's, you know what I mean? You know, she's a woman with fun. jeans, and just as she's about to nut... Sam bursts in the room. It was like, my closet doors are open. There's the Babadook's in there. And this she's is why like, I don't think I want a child. But also, no, she interrupt did your that. masturbating sessions. Uh, right, yeah. You will not be able to masturbate in peace ever again. But also, like, why? Do, what did you think? Right. Like, why he's going to be able to, like, that easily book? sleep and not have any nightmares after that fucking terrifying book? Exactly. So she, you know, so then he finally goes back to sleep, and he's in her bed, and she's reading The Artist's Way, which I thought that was a funny book. <laughs> And so she hears something in the hall. And she does a horror movie thing, which you never should do, which is she just shuts off the light and puts the sheet over her head. That'll stop it. Because she's in denial. Of course. So they oversleep. She has to lie and be like, oh, Sam was sick. She's running late to work. And she goes there and Robbie, her nice, cute coworker. Where's Sam now that he's not in school when she goes to work? Um, She's over at Aunt Claire's. So Claire is babysitting him during the day. During the day. And so, um, at least on this day. And so Robbie's like, you know, if your kid's sick, you look exhausted, just go home. So instead of going home to her son, she goes to the mall and she gets ice cream. And she, it's like, that's her one moment of peace is that being alone. I get it. She, and you know, it's like heart. Like she's alone. You want to have that break. She gets back. She looks at her phone. Claire's called her like 10 times. She's like, oh shit. So she goes over to Claire. Claire flips out on her and is like, all he did all day was talk to the air. And he kept talking about Babadook and he scared Ruby. And I'm like, okay, well, the kids do weird. That's not so, you know what I mean? I wouldn't be like, about that as another mother. I'd be like, hey, is everything okay? 
<laughs> but there is something where it's like, once a kid's like, quote, unquote, a bad kid, like, everyone Everything does view you- that kid that way, which is so sad. But, like, I remember that happening as a kid. It was like, oh, the bad kid. Right. And maybe they were bad, but there was, re- there was stuff going on at home. Right. And it's like, oh, And also, kids, not whatever. everything they're doing is, like, terrorize it. Like, it's just like any little thing. It's like, oh, well, that's because he's bad, and so obviously that's a bad thing. It's like, well, maybe exactly. he's just, like, scared. <laughs> and so she goes, that's when she, when they get home, and they realize um, she, that he went down the basement, and he threw all the stuff around, so she's pissed about that. And she finds a photo of her and her husband with the eyes crossed out. Oh, God. And she's like, why would you do this? And he's like, I didn't do it. The Babadook did it. And then she finds glass in her dinner. And he's like, the Babadook did it. And he's screaming. And he's just, it's, he's just so distraught. And yeah. she's just, like, giving it back to him in this way that you're like, ugh, the whole movie. Yeah, it's just, it's like, cycle of, like, anxiety and... Exactly. Ugh. And so in, the, uh, so in the middle of the night, Sam's, like, thinks she sees something in the bureau. Amelia hears a crash. And the bureau has fallen over. Luckily, Sam's okay. Okay. But he's like, now he is now convinced the Babadook's trying to get in. He's screaming over and over again, don't let it in, don't let it in. Don't let it in, don't let it in, don't let it in, don't let it in. And she takes out the book and she tears it into pieces and is like, look, this book is like not real. I'm tearing it up. She takes it and throws it into the garbage. Okay. That night, the lights flicker and Amelia hears the door, three sharp knocks. No, that's awful. That's yeah. so, like, oh my god. <laughs> so they so the next day is Ruby's princess party, which they're not doing a jet But nothing happens day. from that. No. Okay. So the next day, but they're exhausted. Like they every oh, night, every would just night be something up happens all night. Yeah. yeah. Every night something happens in this house. So not both she and Sam are exhausted and distraught, and like it just like creates this cycle over and over again. And and they do a great job of depicting it because I'm just like, <gasps> like the whole time, like they yeah. can't, like they're both so tired. Yeah. yeah. Like a raw nerve. So, of course, when they take him to the princess party, he just wants to cling to her, and he doesn't want to go play with the girls who are mean to him. But she's like, get out of here. You know, go play with the girls. She's like, I need a minute. Yeah. But then, sort of in the parallel, her sister's friends are all super condescending to her. And they're like, oh, I heard you used to be a writer and, you know, all this stuff. The artist's way. (laughs) And she flips out on them. and she Because one mom's like, I never get time to work out anymore. Amelia's like, that sounds so horrible. What a tragedy for you. <laughs> and Claire's like, this is why I don't want to invite you to things. Yeah, that's fair. So then there's sort of a parallel discussion where Ruby is bullying Sam. Because he, because he's the problem child, he's yeah. also the most vulnerable. Right. So Ruby's like, you know, your dad died so he didn't have to be your dad anymore. Oh, my God. Horrible shit. Kids are so mean. Because, like, they don't understand exactly. the actual, like, reality and implications of things they say. So they say mm-hmm. horrible, horrible things. Like, right. to be kind of mean, but they're actually being, like, eviscerating. And so, meanwhile, though, Claire's, like, Amelia's like, you don't give me any support. I'm on the verge. Like, I'm not doing okay. Amelia says, you never come to the house anymore. And Claire says, I don't come to your house because I don't want to be around your son. It's like you are a bad sister. You That's are a bad person. Not, yeah, like you're. She is. This is. She is not doing well. And you are putting fuel on the fire. So yeah. fuck her. But in retaliation, um, Sam pushes Ruby out of a treehouse and breaks her nose. Oh, so now Claire is like, "Don't you ever bring your son over here until he gets treatment?" Or blah, blah, blah. So you know they're driving home and Amelia screams like Sam is screaming, "Get out! Get out!" You know, screaming about the Babadook again. And Amelia screams again, "Why can't you be normal at home?" No, in the car. In the car. It's on the way home. So then he has a seizure in the car. <gasps> so he's convulsing. And she drags him out of the car, and she's screaming at passerby. It's like, something's wrong with my son. She takes him in, and the doctor's like, don't worry. We think it's like a febrile seizure, which is actually common in children. Okay. 
Um, but we're going to make sure we're going to do some tests. And, you know, she's sort of like, I'm not doing well. I, we re- I really want him to see a psychiatrist. And they're like, don't worry. It seems like you're catastrophizing. A lot of kids see monsters and stuff. And right. she's like, no, this is not it. This is something worse. Like, yeah. this is something that's going on. And like, okay, we'll get you in. But of course, an indictment of our healthcare system or Australia's healthcare center. Yeah. It's like, it's going to be a couple weeks. A couple weeks. They don't have a couple weeks. Right. They definitely don't have a couple days. Mm-hmm. And so Amelia says, can you give him like a sedative to sleep? And the doctor's like, I don't like to do that until things are really bad. And Amelia's like, it's bad. It's bad. So he gives her a week of sedatives. So now every night she's giving Sam sedatives to knock him out. Okay. So we know that's sort of in play. And but she has no sedatives. No, which I was like, ask him. I'm like, for, get some for you. Yeah, just be like, we're both, I don't know, exhausted. Yeah. I would. So um, Sam is like, why don't, uh, when they're back home that night, Sam's like, why don't people like me? And Amelia oh. goes, what do you mean, sweetheart? And I was like, you were just screaming at him, be normal. Right. Like, he, you know, it's like he, yeah, she's he's, putting all this onto him yeah, and he's has no awareness. It right back. <laughs> exactly. And also, you're the only other person he knows is your sister, who's a huge bitch. Ruby is a bitch. And Mrs. Roach, who's very nice. Yeah. But that's it. And Sam is sort of like, I need to protect you. I need to protect you. I need to protect the house. And he says, "If I promise to protect you if you protect me. Amelia's like, yeah, of course. You're my yeah, kid. I'm going to protect like you. like what this is. So he takes a sedative. He's finally able to go to sleep. And, um, well, you know, unfortunately, there's a knock on the door. No, I don't like it. In fact, there's three sharp knocks. And she opens the door. The book is back. The book is back? The book is intact, and it has been returned to her. No. And it has been pieced together. So it's not even like, this is another copy. Like It is as it's been physically taken out of the garbage. And there's more pages, Allison. No. Why? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'll wager with you. I'll make you a bet. The more you deny... The stronger I get, you start to change when I get in. The Babadook growing right under your skin. Oh, my God. Oh, come. Come see what's underneath. And then we look at the pop-up illustrations, and the pop-up illustrations are what appears to be a pop-up Amelia. No. Killing their dog, Bugsby, (gasps) or Bugsy, killing Sam, and slitting her own throat. So she immediately throws it on the grill and sets it on fire and burns it. But then— But, like, wouldn't you want that evidence to exist? Well, we're about to have that. That's exactly—you're right. If this ever happens to you, if the Babadook book shows up, do not burn it. Do not tear it up. No. Show someone else. And say, I want the Babadook arrested. (laughs) I want him prosecuted. (laughs) Put his picture up in all of the post offices with a wanted sign. I am calling Nancy Grace, and I am putting the Babadook on blast. Um, no, she, so basically what we're supposed to take is the, the metaphor of him getting in the house is the Babadook is getting inside Amelia. Of her. And changing her in this fundamental way. And then the phone rings. No. And she picks it up it's and she hears night. a voice say, <laughs> Which is how the Babadook sounds. You saw the trailer. I know. And it's so it's, scary. It's so also, unbelievably scary. Also, it implies the Babadook can use the phone, which is <laughs> which also is really terrifying. funny to imagine him just like at a payphone. I was thinking like a cell. He's like oh, a he's, flip phone still. He's got a yeah. He has like a razor. Allison, at this point, what would you do? I would. I mean, I what would, would you do? I would not have burned the book. I would have gone. Mm-hmm. I would have like grabbed the kid, gotten in the car. But also, then I would be afraid to go outside. Yes. Like I would call nine one one first. And what would you tell them? That's the issue. I'm getting scared by a book. Yes. <laughs> a book is freaking me out. No. Um, I would, like, explain everything that is happening. They would come and be like, we need to put you into a psychiatric institution. And at least then I'd be there. That's a really good point. I mean, I guess the, I would argue the Babadook could still get in there. 
I mean, I guess, but then, like, aren't there people watching? Like, no one's paying attention to her yes. in the house right yeah, now. Yeah, they're, iso- they're she on their and Sam own. are very isolated. Whereas, like, if you were in a hospital or, like, even if you were in jail, there'd be other people around. Absolutely. So Amelia does go to the police and does try to, fi- try to file a report. And the police are like, well, where's the book? And she does say, I burned it. And they're like, well, ma'am, we, we don't yeah. have any evidence of it. And uh, and she, But she's saying, like, somebody's stalking me. Somebody made this book. Somebody's okay. calling the house, which is all true. Right. And the police are like, we're the police. We're not going to do anything. Also, like, let's get that phone call record, <laughs> like, record. Like, right. Who it's knows? Like, it's yeah. like, oh, uh, M. Babadook has been calling. <laughs> Bob A. Duke has been calling the house <laughs> and harassing me. Mr. Robert Anthony Duke. Um, <laughs> and then while she's there, there's a lot of moments that when I describe them, I think are going to sound funny, but they're genuinely fucking no, terrifying. I, there is no way that anything that happens in this movie could be remotely funny except for the artist's way. Um, so the, poli- the police officer like is like, okay, well, if you want to file a report, and he bends down, and on the coat rack is a top hat, <gasps> a big long coat, and so very long pointy gloves. Which is funny, the idea that someone was just wearing that. Right, that yeah, that that's like an outfit for anybody in the 20th century. So at this point, so she goes home and Mrs. Roach uh, next door is watching Sam. And Amelia is sort of acting odder and odder. So her behavior is starting to change. Yes. And, you know, she notices all these roaches crawling out from behind the fridge. So she Ugh. pulls the fridge out and there's like a gaping hole in the wall. Great. And these roaches are streaming Roaches out. are always scary. And then I think that's a nod to like sh- things, because she's so depressed, things have started been falling apart. Like there's dishes in the sink. There's food kind of rotting on the table. Yeah. This is a, a, She's not taking care of her Exactly. In her house. So, um, unexpectedly to her, uh, two people from child services show up. Oh, what is And they're surprise. like, hey, this is, I'm Prue and Warren, the most Australian names I, mean. I could think of. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so we know that you withdrew Sam, so we just want to make sure we have a plan in place to get him back into school because he cannot be out of school. Yeah, and um, so we just want to check, and it looks like things are maybe going a little crazy here. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, no, I'm cleaning the house because I had this roach infestation. Then she lo- points at the wall, and there's no hole. There's nothing there. That's and she's fair. like, oh, bad God. Like, she has no... And so the CBS is like, we're going to be back next week, so we're going to work on that plan. Don't worry. Which I think is like, they're being as helpful, supportive, considering they could tell something, something is, is really... hugely wrong. Yeah. But then she's like cleaning up, being like, I can't have my house like this. I'm going to, you know... So she looks as she's cleaning, and we see Mrs. Roach in, in a hallway in Mrs. Roach's house. And the Babadook's just staring there. Is that... Standing. Was that in the trailer? Yeah. I did not... I think that's when I, like, backed away towards the door. <laughs> and in that shot, he sort of looks like Marilyn Manson. Well, true. Which I think is fun. That is fun. But, I mean, I think you, you definitely would want Marilyn Manson in your house more than the Babadook. 100%. Yeah. Rune is brought to you by Mosh. Whether you're at the gym or on the go, Mosh Protein Bars are the smart snack to keep your brain and body fit-fueled and feeling good. At 160 calories and only one gram of sugar, Mosh Protein Bars are the guilt-free snack your brain and body will crave. Your brain is your number one tool, which is why Mosh Protein Bars were mindfully formulated by some of the top neuroscientists and functional nutritionists. Founded by Patrick Schwarzenegger and Maria Shriver, Mosh is a mission-driven brain and health wellness company that donates a portion of proceeds to support women's brain research through the Women's Alzheimer's Movement at the Cleveland Clinic. These are so easy to just bring with you wherever you're going, and then you have a snack. Don't settle for a mediocre snack when you can nourish your body and mind with the fuel it needs to succeed. So whether you're out in the gym, on the go, or just living your best life, Mosh Protein Bars will keep your brain and body fit-fueled and feeling good. Head to moshlife.com slash ruin to save 20% off plus free shipping on your first six-count trial pack. That's 20% off, amazing, plus free shipping, incredible, on your first six-count trial pack, which includes all six mouth-watering flavors. That is M-O-S-H-L-I-F-E dot com slash ruined.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something I need to get off my chest? What is your outlet for working through the things that stress you out? Oh man, you know, I don't know. Pushing it down. <laughs> Pushing it all the way down. Getting it real down deep in there. Squish it. Squishing it. Squishing it real tight. Fighting through it. <laughs> Gotta fight through it. Skinny jeans are for dads. Fight it. You fight it. You push it down. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. <laughs> when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Not me. Not me. I'm running on rails. <laughs> Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Uh, I said to my therapist just yesterday, I just feel like I don't have the 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 attention span right now to focus on some of these longer term issues. And she's mm. like, you found a way to say that every session for the past five years. <laughs> If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Everybody needs therapy. You need therapy. I need therapy. Tommy needs therapy. Mm -hmm. We all need therapy. Mm -hmm. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love it. This podcast is brought to you by Americans United for Separation of Church and State. Americans United defends your freedom to live as yourself and believe as you choose so long as you don't harm others. Core freedoms and even democracy itself rest upon the wall of separation between church and state. While Christian nationalists are attacking these freedoms, seeking to force us all to live by their narrow beliefs, Americans United is fighting back. Freedom without favor and equality without exception. Learn more about AU's work at au.org slash crooked. That's au.org slash crooked. Um, so, you know, that night, Sam's like, I'm ready to go to sleep. So if I want to take my pill, I'll just take it and go to sleep. It's like 6 p.m. He's like, I'm exhausted. That's I'm what a I child. would do act, yeah. And she's like, no, you need to stay up with me. So now Amelia's scared. Okay. But it's like, he's a child. What is he going to do? What's he going to do? Exactly. So, and Bugsy starts to like, becomes hostile towards Amelia and like sits on Sam. Because Bugsy can tell something is going on. Yes, dogs always know when evil is yeah. around. And she's he's sort of barking at her as if she is an intruder or something right. is going on with her, which she now is. Her, there's an interloper in the house and it is her. Finally, they go to sleep. They're in bed together and we see the door pop open and we see someone come in and Allison, I got bad news. That's the Babadook. Of course it is. She's going to sleep. Do we see, like, are we seeing, like, or is it very shadowy? It's very shadowy, so rarely Which is way do you scarier. see him. Yes. So she looks up, and the Babadook is now skittering across no, the No, skittering like is a, a scary, no. It is quickly, jerkily moving, silently, across the ceiling. So she does the classic move of pulling your sheet up, pretending he's out there, and then we see in the trailer, he goes, Babadook, <laughs> and then screams. So scary. And so, you know, she wakes up in the morning, even more discombobulated. Wait, but, like, we don't see, like, that's, like, it's like he says that. Yeah, he doesn't, like, kill her or grab right. them or something. He's just there. He's in the house. So we know that it's in the house, and the implication is sort of that this is when he's I getting move. closer to closer. Yes. And I guess we're to believe that she's so depressed that, that she can't it's do anything anymore. It's not even an option. Yeah, so then she gets to so a hotel. Sick. She calls in sick to work because she can't, you know— so While now I they're both understand isolated. that, I'm also like, I would want to be like, we need to go be around some people mm -hmm. that aren't the Babadook. Yeah, and I think that's what's scary about it is sort of like she, as the adult, is no longer able to make those decisions. Sam, unfortunately, is now in a position where he can tell something is going really wrong. Yeah. But he's seven. You so have no it, agency. And he keeps being like, well, I can call Auntie Claire. I can call Mrs. Roach. Maybe I'll go over to me. Like, he's trying to offer really good solutions. Yeah. He's like, I know two people, so I think we should call them. <laughs> and she's like, no, we're not calling anyone. I just need sleep. I just need to go to sleep. 
Oh, and then this coworker, Robbie, who's very nice, came over and was like, oh, I know that your kid was sick. And so he brought, like, roses and, like, um, like a little model train. And I was like, oh, no. Wow. She flips out in front of Sam. Like, she screams at Sam. And she's like, who ever heard of a, like, a 70-year-old who was still afraid of monsters? And it's like, what? everyone. Every yeah, 70-year-old like, was... And so Robbie, you don't ever see him again, but you know Robbie was like, oh, no. This is a mess. Yeah, I am not getting involved in this, which is which sucks. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, so we see him. Oh, when the Babadook's crawling across the ceiling, there's a shot where it looks like he leaps off the ceiling and becomes the size of a roach and goes into Amelia's throat. N- nope. So I think we're to think the Babadook has now fully nope. entered I don't her, like that. I don't like that at all. So, you know, Sam started bugging her like, Mom, I, I don't go to school and I, I, there's no food. And, you know, like he What's tells happening? her. What's happening? And she screams at him, well, if you're really that hungry, why don't you go eat shit? <laughs> and she's very nice. So when, when that happens, Sam's like, oh, yeah, no. Yeah, okay, this, things are bad. I, no, I got to call Auntie Claire at some point. <laughs> um, so, but he like apologizes her. And now he's afraid of her. And she's apologizing, takes him for fast food. But then as they're driving home, the Babadook's on the hood of the car. So she crashes the car. Oh my God. And the, you know, and the, all this stuff's happening. And like, it's so finally they go home. And, um, you know, Mrs. Roach is like, hey, it seems like some, you need some support. Something's I'm happy wrong. to watch Sam. I'm happy to come over. You can come over here. Yeah. And Amelia's like, no, this is my house. I'm going to stay in here. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. She's in denial about it. At a certain point, she's in a full bathtub, and she brings Sam into the bathtub with no, her. No, 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 no. And things keep go. Things keep progressing. She bolts up in the middle of the night, and she because she hears a voice say, "There's someone in the house." I can't believe she can even sleep at this point. I think the idea is like they're both so exhausted that like they'll just fall asleep, and then like yeah. So it's not real sleep. No. And then she runs downstairs, and Sam is trying to call Aunt Claire, and she rips the phone out of his hands, and she's like, "No, Sam's just being bad again. We're fine." And then she takes the um, batteries out of the phone, and she's like, "You don't call anyone. You don't whatever." So now she's like okay, abusing him. That's right. And she takes a knife and she cuts the landline, and then it just now has a knife, and no, you know, it's just like, and we've is talked it about nighttime this. now. Daytime. Hard to tell. Like, there's a lot yeah. of shots where like it seems like it's day, and then you look outside, it's night, or like it seems like it's night and it's morning. So it, it, the distinction between night and day, it, it, because they no longer go to school or work, it, it, it sort of right. dissolves. It's always dark in the house. The house is falling apart. Again, she's depressed. The depression yes. is sort of taking over both of their lives. Sam, meanwhile, is like hoarding his like a monster fighting tools. Like he has his crossbow, you know. Of course. Oh, Sam. And she, but she's making him stay up with her. And at a certain point, they're watching TV and she looks over and he's covered in blood. Oh my God. And she screams, but then she, she's dreaming. So she wakes and she up. And she like wakes up and he's. Yeah. Okay. But then later, she wakes up, and because he's screaming, and she's standing over him, he's on the couch, she's holding a knife. <gasps> right. So she's, like, not even in control anymore. Exactly. And so, like, she sees him, like, in a dr- sleepwalking state go into the basement, and while they're in there, the Babadook says to her, you can bring me the boy. And he says, he's like, you can bring me the boy, you can bring me the boy. It's just the voice. Yeah, it's just the voice. Well, we see, when we see the Babadook, it is her husband. It's Oscar. Oh, so no. that's obviously not Oscar. No, of course. But the Babadook as Oscar is sort of like, you could bring me Sam. And I think what we're supposed to be is, you could kill Sam, probably. Yeah. And sort of, Soft that's pitch, what we, uh, yeah. Kill your son. Listen, no bad ideas in a brainstorm, maybe you should kill Sam. Yeah. And so we've been seeing, that's what we saw in the book. You know what I mean? It's right. sort of like the, the progression the of like her. coming. Of her madness. Has the book come back at all? No. Okay. So we see it twice, and then I think that's, I don't think it comes back again. Okay. So I guess we arrived at the point of the film where I got to ask you, who do we think survives this movie? I don't know. I mean, 
I want Sam mm-hmm. to survive because uh, I don't like when the kid dies. Absolutely. It's so scary. <laughs> um, I feel like Auntie Claire or Ruby, one of them is in grave danger. Okay. Uh, Mrs. Roach as well. Okay. And what do we think about Bugsy the dog? Dead. Yep. Um, and I think Amelia lived. Great. Well, you're absolutely right about Bugsy. Yeah, I mean, like, which the, you don't the see in a lot go. of films. Well, it's kind of like in that in the conversations around uh, that Netflix documentary. Uh, oh, don't don't, don't fuck with cats. Fuck with the cats or whatever. It's like people are more upset about like the animal violence than the human violence. Yeah, I didn't watch it. I have a hard time no. with that too. Um, but yeah, people could give a fuck about humans. Well, it's the same they, way people are just like obsessed with PETA, and I'm like, what are you doing for people? <laughs> Right, exactly. Yeah, people could fucking die as far as people could are yeah, concerned. But like, once like a cute dog or like a mink, I'm like, what even is a mink? <laughs> like, right, not they that we are should be cute. They're like skinny cats, sort of. Are they? No, I think they're a weasel. Right? Is it like a like an otter ferret? I feel like you're trying to trick me into saying that you could wear fur, and I'm against it. I don't. No, no, no. I don't. But I'm just like, I'm like, you've never like most people never encounter that animal in real yes. life, but oh, like yeah. walk by a bunch of homeless people every day. Oh, 100. Like, percent I wouldn't even would like, never. You give can them care a dime. about both, but like you can't just care about the one. Right. If it was a big pile of minks, people would really want to give them money. Yes. So, what do you think the end? What do you think the twist is going to be? What do you think is going to happen with the Babadook? I. I mean, I gotta believe it's her imagination, like that it's like her interiority. So, like, I'm gonna guess that she ends up in a mental institution after killing someone. Okay, great guess. So, um, uh, she immediately kills the dog. Yeah, I mean, following this, she snaps its neck ugh. and just fucking leaves its body in the kitchen. That's so horrifying. So this is sort of the beginning of the end. Yeah. The the rotten tooth that she's been sort of futzing with the whole time. She just reaches in her mouth and just yanks it out. As someone who had two root canals this summer, ugh. I can't even begin to understand. Like, yeah, that's pure insanity. So, um, at this one, because Bugsy's died, we know the next one up is Sam. And right. Sam knows at this point his mom has lost it. Crossed her Rubicon that, yes. you know. So, she, he locks himself in a, in a room and, and the mom tries to lure him out by um, saying Bugsy's hurt. We need to get him help. I find all this so scary and sad and distressing. Like, it's, the idea of, like, tricking a child to, like, so he comes and to And using their him grief to trick them, too. It's so scary and awful. And then she, in order to open the door, she grabs the door frame and it's sort of a hereditary type move, which you have not seen. But uh, in this, Amelia grabs the door frame and then jumps up and kicks the door in, essentially. <laughs> And is like pounding against the door with her feet, and which is also very perturbing. And then she glides across the floor because she is now the she's Bob- been totally babaduked. She's babaduked. She's babaduked. She says, "Sometimes I want to smash your head against the wall until your brains pop out." To her son. To her son. So he shoots her with a crossbow dart, understandably, and hits her with a catapult ball. Thank God. And then so finally, it's a knock on the door. Mrs. Roach is like, "Hey, what the fuck's going on? I hear all this commotion. It's the middle of the goddamn night, and I yeah. know that this time of year is very hard for you." And we realize it's the anniversary of her husband's death. Mm. You know, and, and Mrs. Roach is basically like, "If you need help, I love both of you. I will right. be. Here. I am here. Use me as a resource." And so next time we see, like, Amelia walks in and Sam's in the kitchen trying to get the back door. And Amelia's, like, gentle and kind and is sort of like, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry you're scared. I'm sick. I'm really sick. And I haven't been good since your dad died. So you're like, okay. Maybe we're yeah. on the other side and of this. And she's like, or... I just talked to Mrs. Roach. We could stay there tonight if we want to. And you're like, okay, great. So, so we're going to go over there. But then she says to Sam, I want you to meet your dad. It's beautiful there. No. You'll be happy. I mean, that's... So she's going to kill her kid. And what I think is fucked up about this, I mean, not fucked up, but this is what's scary. It's like, people do kill their kids. 
And yeah. I think it is because, unfortunately, for a lot, like, mental illness, and a lot, there's a lot of reasons people do it. But I think there are people who do do that with the idea, like, it'll be better. And it's like, right. that. No, in no way can that ever be better. But, no. like, your whatever is going on, those people's minds are so warped that it's like, oh, no, you thought I, this was better. do believe that, yeah. Yeah, like, she is so isolated and so depressed, and she's both like, it'll be better if, Essentially, if we both are dead. Are dead. If we're all dead. Yeah. But she says that after. She's like, we're going to Mrs. Roach. So it's like, you said, th- oh, God. Exactly. And then Sam's like, well, we said that we would, you know, protect each other. Yeah. You know, we you, you promised me that. And so this is sort of her fight with the Babadook inside, you know. Right. And she starts to strangle Sam, but she can't do it. Right. And she sort of convulsing. And eventually, she passes out. And when she wakes up, Sam has her tied up in the basement. Oh, my God. And How did he even— He's a her? very resourceful little boy. Yeah. I don't—they must have run into the basement. Then she got she passed okay. out or yeah. something. So she's already there. He ties her down. And he says, I know you don't love me. The Babadook won't let you. But I love you, Mom. And I always will. No. And I'm like, <laughs> now, now I'm also just like crying. Oh my God. <laughs> no, I, it, it's, it's like so, so emotional. But like then you sort of like she starts to fight for herself back. So she gets him and she's like vomiting all of this oil Ugh. and she's like convulsing and stuff. And and you sort of think for a moment like, okay, she got it out of her system, I suppose. But the Sam tells her, you can't get rid of the Babadook. <gasps> so that's sort of a, unfortunately, Why one does season he know side. that? I guess on the book. Okay. I think oh, yeah. he took the oh, book. it does say like he you can't took, get rid. Yeah. So in his mind, this is a literal book. Right. Then he gets sucked back up the stairs. So he gets sucked up to their bedrooms, like dragged up to the bedrooms. And so finally, she and runs up and she's okay. will, starting to fight. Like, she's like, I will fight for my house. I will right. fight for my son. I will fight my own internal struggle. Yes. And the Babadook is sort of this beautiful shot where like the rest of the room is in darkness and you see the Babadook has like essentially wings that are like leather, like his gloves. Like these creepy like angel wings sort of. Oh, God. And so the figure that sips out the dark- darkness is her husband again. And she's like, don't make me do this. Don't make me live this. And then you see what happened in the car accident, which is he turns. And I'm assuming this is what happened. Basically, the top half of his head gets ripped off, essentially. Oh. And so weird to believe that essentially— That's what the hat's for? (laughs) The top hat's keeping it on. So I think it's not simply that her husband died. It's that she watched her husband die terribly. Oh, horrific. She probably has PTSD or whatever. Like she watched this horrible thing and has never, and so she's sobbing. And the idea is like, now this is, she's accepting this. She's, she's revisiting it in order that she will survive past it. Yes. And so, you know, she rejects the Babadook. She's like, you're nothing. This is my house. You're trespassing in my house. And the Babadook sort of retreats, but he doesn't leave the house. He rushes and he's in the basement. So now he's just locked in the basement. And so if you can't get rid of the Babadook, what do you have to do? Move? You learn to live with him. You learn to live with him. Oh, my God. So it's two weeks later. And so the reason that I guess he used to do uh, joint birthdays with uh, his cousin Ruby is that uh, Amelia never wanted to have birthdays on the day because that was the day her husband died. Oh, right. So they would do it on Ruby's birthday. Yeah. So now it's two weeks later. They're going to have it on his actual birthday. CPS comes and is like, okay, so we're on track to go back to school. Um, It seems like things are doing okay. We just want to keep checking on. We're going to come like every week or whatever. It seems like things are a lot better. And, you know, Sam says like, oh, you know, I was born on the day my dad died. And in the past when he said that, Amelia was like, don't tell people that. That's embarrassing. And now Amelia's like, yep, that's true. true. Absolutely. Also, like, that's true. Like, exactly. Like, That'll yeah. come out eventually. Yeah. And so it's sort of like, okay, things are going better. And There's then they're some out acceptance. in the Yeah, they go out in the garden and they find a bunch of worms. Amelia's like, I'm gonna take it down. So he goes she goes down and she feeds the Babadook. So the Babadook's just gonna live in the house. But as long as you, basically, if you are adjusted to the Babadook, you can live with it. And it is like, she has to live with her grief. You can't get rid of the grief, but you don't have to let it destroy you. 
So he God, eats that's... a big bowl of worms and dirt. You don't see it, but, <laughs> but you know like, he does. You know that's happening. And then there's this little scene at the end that it almost makes you think like, oh, is this all a fantasy and did they all die? But I don't think so. I think it's just sort of like the heightened reality they live in uh-huh. where they're like cuddling and they're happy and everything seems like it's going really well. She's like, happy birthday. And he's like, and he loves magic and tricks and stuff. And he's like, I'll show you a trick. And he does like a sleight of hand and yeah. he has a, a coin. She's like, wow, that's an amazing trick. He's like, it's not, it's not over. And then he puts it under a silver dish and then he pulls it up and there's a dove in, under it. And that's the end. And I was like, in another That's a weird ending. In another movie, it makes me feel like <laughs> there was another scene at the end where you realize that she's just dead and like they're both dead in the basement or something. Right. And then they're like, no, this is too grim. Because it's so fantastical. But maybe we're just supposed to think like it, it, what this they have done, what they've done finding. is so magical and wonderful, it actually transcends reality. It, just like the Babadook is the metaphor, the dove is now the metaphor. I guess. I would it's almost a weird moment. rather a grimmer, more explicit I don't know. Explanation of what is happening now. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, but there, that was the only one where I'm like, hmm. what? Like, it's sort of like, well, I was going to give another example, but we'll do it at some other point. But yeah. there are certain movies that have a happy ending. I'm like, I wonder if the original ending. Yeah. But um, listeners, if it is, let us know if we're, yeah. if we're dead on. Somehow, if not, contact us. So we're going to uh, do a classic segment of ours, Fatal Mistakes. Fatal Mistakes. Yes. Elsa, what are some fatal mistakes people make in this? Or not fatal, but Right, because I guess, like, most people lived. Yeah. This seems like everyone, except for the dog, lived. Poor Bugsy. Bugsy. Oh, Bugsy. And they never really addressed that. It's like, she did murder the dog in front of her child. Yeah, that's pretty traumatic. I... So was everything It is a crime. Yes. Yes. That is a crime. I think, like, not, like, asking for help. Not asking for like, help. Like, at, at all the points at which there were people who could, like, her coworker, her sister, Mrs. Roach, yeah. like, being like, I do need the help. Like, something is wrong. Also, burning the book. Yeah. Like, just, if you have a crazy if book, she don't had burn showed it. up with that, like, yes. they would have had to at least follow up on like, something. Like, okay, about, someone like, did make this crazy book. There is something here. Like, Absolutely. Let's dust it for prints. Let's find where it came from. Don't take your kid out of school because you're mad. Yeah. Don't pull your kid out of the one stable thing they have. No. And same with her not going to work. Like, the more time outside of that house, it seems like the better off they might be. Exactly. And then finally, if Mrs. Roach asks you to come over, just go over. Just get go out over. of the house. Don't wait. Just go right away. Um, I wanted to, because the one of those signature things of the Babadook I love so much is the voice. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make us deliver some classic movie lines as the Babadook. Okay. And I've written, um, I've given you a couple over there. Um, I'm going to go first. Okay. Um, let me see which one. Hold on, I have to, it's like, Babadook. Okay, I'm going to do the second one that's written there, so you're just going to do the first one, okay? okay? There's no crying in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is, of course, from League of Their Own, and you're going to you're gonna do the first one on there? I'll have what she's having. Incredible. Uh, 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 oh, yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> is that what the Babadook sounds like when it comes? Oh no! <laughs> yes, I mean I know that the woman in the like in when Harry met Sally does, does the not Baba say Duke fuck. Yeah, I don't like it. Mm-mm. But he keeps the hat on. But you know, you can leave <laughs> your hat on. Uh, we don't. I guess we could probably get right to that song. So nobody knows what it is. Um, <laughs> speaking of what the Baba Duke sounds like when he comes, it sort of gives me a ham-handed segue to the other thing I want to talk about, which is um, if you know the Babadook, you know that he had a second life as a LGBTQ um, icon. Now knowing this, it is even more, con- like knowing the actual movie and everything, 
way more confusing. It was funny about it because I was like, oh, it's because he has like a top hat and tails and he's kind of like doing too much. <laughs> but then I think it was just a Tumblr meme where people were like, um, if you didn't understand the metaphor from my experience. Right. And so it sort of just spiraled from that. And there was a couple, it was a, you should please look this up at, um, I think it was like 2017. Yeah. It was like a couple was years only a couple after years the ago. movie yeah. came out, like too long for it to be, make sense. But he, uh, a lot of people at Pride were dressed as the Babadook yes. and were voguing as the Babadook. And then finally, when uh, they released Babadook on DVD, there is a special Pride um, edition that where they, it donates money to an LGBT. Which, um, that's great. But it's just so funny that they were like, yeah, he gay. <laughs> Why not? And I, because I thought like, oh, there's going to be some rationale. No, it's just a Tumblr meme that people Somebody just on. decided like, I'm going to make this a gay icon. And like edited him into Drag Race. I just love that shit so much it's because so he is so scary. Un- so scary. He's not a camp, it's not a camp character. It no, is so spooky. Like that trailer, like I forgot, like I remember that happening and then like, and we talked about it and like watching that trailer, I completely was like out again. I was like, no, this is a terrifying, there's nothing silly. There's nothing like kind of like tongue in cheek about it. It's just scary. And I was trying to think of, like, what other um, classic— Because I think, uh, unfortunately, we live in a heteronormative society. Yeah. So I feel like when, when a character doesn't have a sexuality, we default to straight. Right. Whereas, The like, Babadook reads straight to me, but maybe my gaydar, it's, it, it must be wrong. Of course. So I was trying to think of what other famous horror iconic characters could be LGBTQ. Not simply whether they themselves are gay or lesbian, but can sure, be but an icon. Could be an icon. And the first one I thought was It, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, we're looking at— The um, Babadook in front of a rainbow pride flag. He does look very happy, but he well, is there to make you kill your kids. Yeah, I mean, everything he's about— Like, also, he's just the embodiment of grief. Yes. <laughs> grief so, and PTSD and exhaustion. Horrible, like, depression. And I'm going to say Annabelle, the haunted doll. Uh-huh, yeah. Just because I get the vibe. Well, a doll. Yeah, dolls are, like, not, like, but, like— they're scary, but, like, elegant. And I think that that's fun for, like, I- making right. an icon for anything. But, like, especially, like, an LGBT. Like, that feels... And I almost feel like it should be, too. Because Pennywise is already a clown. Yeah. And it's, like, doing so much and, like, mm-hmm. up for it. But I guess maybe it, 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 Pennywise is just trying a little too hard. Yeah, it's just a lot of, like, to do. I would like to see Pennywise on Drag Race, but he would be kicked off, like, the first... Episode. Yeah. Well, because, like, there's just, like, nothing, like, also that movie, just the trailers alone, it just terrifies the shit out of me. Well, don't worry. We're definitely going to do it. I know. Point. We are. I'm going to need to. I mean, Ooh. I do need to know, like, more about it. I we'll can't do, wait. You know, we'll do all of them. I think that uh, Michael Myers feels like a fun one. He's got the white mask, right? Yes. Yeah. That feels like very, I, uh, you know, could be a container for anything that you want to imbue into it. So, absolutely. like, icon- like iconography-wise. And just, someone does not have to, like, someone, you could be gay in any way. Right. And I think he's a great example of being gay in a serial killer way. Yeah. So finally, can we rate this on a spooky scale? Ten. (laughs) It was so. The trailer alone was truly horrifying. Yeah. Um, I gave it. I'm gonna give it. I gave it eight screams. But boy, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a nine nine screams. You're Uh, moving to nine. This because is the highest rated one we've done so far. I feel it is one of the few films that I have genuinely been scared by the second time I saw it. Yeah. And that's like a pretty impressive feat for a movie. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Thank you so much. And remember, this was fun. Keep it spooky. Uh... Bye. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. 
But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.